Hello, strangers on the internet. How you doing? Hope it's going great. Hope you're not stuck in traffic like us Californians. I'm Drew Fasciano, and I'm here to talk to you about the weather and eventually video games. But I'm more interested in the weather, which currently is uh, foggy and cold because Bay Area. What, whatever would you even expect? And it's well, okay. More specifically, San Francisco. <laughs> That's like, true. No, San Francisco <laughs> lives in fog. Well, if San I may, does not... I, I got to say, like, San Francisco okay. absolutely lives in fog. The rumors are true. I live in the Sunset District, which is particularly foggy. So <laughs> so I am zone. just like a void spirit. It's just my realm is its own. And it's very fun. Drew, <laughs> there, just... have been a couple, there have been a couple times I've driven over to your place. And if I hit, like, a certain <laughs> highway... It'll just be a fucking wall of fog, and I'm pretty sure I'm being like pulled into Silent Hill oh, at that yeah. point. Oh, like, yeah. You can't see anything. You can't like having the car's lights on doesn't help. So you're just like, you know what? If a if a demon thing were just to show up, <laughs> that would just make sense for right now. So, like my I imagine in my mind that I'm like walking through Golden Gate Park while it's foggy one day. Mm-hmm. And, like I don't know how I got there. And I don't know what's going on. We never do, just, like, Zach. Walking. We never and then do. I just see Drew in the distance. <laughs> and as, But as I get closer, he just disappears into the mist. Like, that's how I imagine San Francisco fog to go like. I mean, on occasion, I do find myself in places that I didn't know I was in a second ago. And there might be a raven with three eyes staring directly at me. But, you know, it's it, it's just the area. You know, you gotta get used to it. Just how yeah, it is. The Oracle mm. Raven. Yeah, yeah. The Oracle Weird. Raven. Okay, well, I will introduce myself now. Hello, uh, Adam. Hello, my name is Adam. Mm-hmm. Um, today's weather <laughs> is also cloudy and rainy. <laughs> you don't you know say. <laughs> we all live in the fucking peninsula. We've hey, chosen a hey, very bad spoilers. fun fact. Spoilers, bro. <laughs> we, we, we all had the same weather today. Hmm. Uh, okay, fine, I'll change it. It was partially cloudy, Ooh. and the sun came through a bit, but it was mostly foggy and rainy mm. yeah it's kind of nice actually i i went for a walk yeah. yesterday and it, it looked like this the sky you know had kind of kind of cleared up so i'm out there walking i'm like maybe 30 minutes away from my house and then all of a sudden it just kind of opens up and this is like boy i really should have brought an umbrella and it stays that way for a bit and it kind of goes on and off it's only until i actually get home back in my house and look back outside of oh look it's perfectly clear again <laughs> fantastic oh the weather the yeah. weather just really wanted to be around you and when you left so did it so did it oh um, okay yeah you know what the maybe maybe it was like friend mm-hmm. he's like man look at him walking he needs to be cooled down so he's not sweating here have all this rain I'm like oh well yeah yeah there it is mm-hmm. um and i wait did you did you introduce yourself i did, yes, did. who am i, I did again? i i think who i'm drew I? but who who are you something mix something Hi. mix something some hello there my name is zach and the weather today for me, uh, I largely got to ignore because mm. I was inside for most of the day running a mm. D&D session. Mm. But what little weather I did see was raining. But what was the weather okay, like in the campaign? Question. Yeah, that's what I was going to go with. Oh, the weather Oh, the weather in the campaign? Mm-hmm. Partially cloudy, but mostly sunny. Duh. I see. Just a nice, would you pleasant say, summer's day. Hmm. Guys, this weather, would you say the weather outside was frightful? Oh, I would say it's and very frightful. And the food frightful. inside, delightful. Oh, it is delightful. And if we've no place to go, I have no place to go. Let it snow. This, this bit needs to end. Well, because we're we don't have the snow. I don't get snow. Yeah, that last part snow. doesn't work for me. It, I just get more rain. Uh, <laughs> more none, perpetual none rain. Hey, hey, which is melted snow? <gasps> I mean, that's true. See? Wait, wait. If we dig deep into our past, mm-hmm. we may deep? find that on one crisp morning it did snow where we lived i remember that day weirdly enough that is true i remember uh when i was really young it like snowed one day in like uh, in my house and it was very weird because i thought there everybody's talking like oh it might snow my summer yes snow day i can't wait and then it like snows for like eh, maybe like five minutes yeah um I, i was actually talking about uh when we were at santa cruz it snowed up on campus what when did it snow up on the campus like sophomore year Sophomore year for you, so junior year for you, Adam. I do not Bro, remember. I do not even remember this moment at all. I, I oh, hold on, too. hold on. I totally do, because I was in the apartment, I walked out, and look, it was like, look, it's snowing. And I think I scraped up just enough to throw a snowball at my friend Shane. Mm. Yep, yep, that's about how much it snowed. I actually want to apologize to Shane, because I'm pretty sure most of that was dirt. Yep, you, you hit him with a mud ball. Ooh. 
Well, that's no good. Which, wait a second. Wait, is there a Pokemon move named Mudball? There must be. Uh, there's Mud Slap. There's, there's Mud, mud Kip. I knew that. That is awesome. I do mid-cut. like Mud Kip. True. Yeah. Who doesn't, yeah, who doesn't like a Mud Kip? <sighs> Hi, everybody. Welcome to Nitwick, the podcast about friends and video games. Um, Yay. shall we video that game was a talk? Seven minute diversion about the weather. Yes, uh, yes. <laughs> I'm actually very proud of that diversion. We we talked about weather and and our lives, but we have other things to talk about. The video games, which you know, today is just a general chat. We might have some special questions pop up from celebrity guests, or they might just stay quiet. We don't know. Um, but what, what he means to say is, I went on one of my discords and asked. For like AMA questions, and we'll see if someone responds. I was trying to create an air of mysticism. I care not for your mysticism. I care for only the truth. Oh, damn, Zach is a man who yeah, only but now cares it about facts. Hella lame. It's true. You oh. know okay. what? I'll go. I'll go summon some questions from the void. I'll Aww. be right back. Well, while he's doing that, Adam, have you been playing any video games this past couple of weeks? Have I been playing any video games this past couple of weeks? All right, so I do have one big thing mm. that I did since mm. we last spoke. Mm. Um, mm. I have now completed Breath of the Wild. <gasps> Yay! That it is, is done. That's very oh, exciting. That's nice. Oh, man. How did you enjoy that Ganon fight? Oh, boy. That... Oh, boy. <laughs> so let me so I'll, let me back up a bit. Uh, I've been playing this game for what feels like about a year and a half, and I think that's actually about true. Hmm. Uh, and mostly because I was going I was going on my way to do all of the things. Um, and maybe about two weeks ago, I realized, boy, I'm actually like really, really close to the game. So I just I just sat uh, close to the end of the game. So I just sat down and kind of barreled through as much of it as I could. Uh, and I beat it last uh, last month on the 25th, which was my birthday. So that was a, my own happy birthday to me. Ooh, fun, good job. Nice. Fun tangent post. I made a post on uh, Facebook of like, hey, guys, I beat Breath of the Wild. Somehow that post turned into the wish Adam a happy birthday thread. I don't know how that. <laughs> I, I think because one of my aunts accidentally posted on it. And it's like, it was whatever. Um. So, but But for the game. So I got... 120 shrines. Holy shit. I, I got all 900 core 900 Korok seeds. Uh I did Adam. both DLC campaigns in their entirety. So I beat, you know, the Master Sword trial. I beat the uh the Divine Beast Tamer uh trials. Uh yeah. And then the and then I went out and did uh you know the whole Gan- uh Hyrule Castle and fought Ganon. I did all of the side quests. So I basically have beaten pretty much everything I wanted to out of that <clears throat> game. Oh uh, there God. is stuff I could go back and do. Like I didn't technically finish all of the mini games or fully upgrade all of the armor, but it was like, you know what? This is kind of all I wanted. I hit all the points I wanted to. It sounds like I, you had a pretty thorough, uh, pretty yeah. thorough run, uh, Zach. I, I just, <laughs> I want to rewind on this for a moment, Adam. Did you? Did you legitimately catch all 900 Korok seeds? Yes, Zach. I have all 900 Korok seeds. Um, Hi, this, uh, just this question, is a good question from the audience. Um, I don't know the difficulty of catching a Korok seed. Are they just like little collectibles? They're a pain in the ass. All right. So here's how this works. Um, the Korok seeds are a collectible in Breath of the Wild that are behind these little puzzles. So, Drew, think of it this way. Breath of the Wild is this huge open world game, right? Mm-hmm. And kind of sprinkled throughout the entire overworld are all of these little mini puzzles. And there's about maybe about a dozen different types of puzzles they can be, but they're all kind of generally hidden places. Like some are like, uh, pick up this rock that's in a weird position. Pick up this rock and put it and finish the pattern, you know. Use magnesis to finish a block puzzle or dive into a particular ring of lily pads and you'll get a Korok seed. And the main use of Korok seeds is that as you collect them, You can trade them into somebody to increase your inventory. So here's where it gets kind of weird. The game only the game has 900 Korok Mm. seeds, but you only need like 500, 450 some odd Korok seeds. Oh, so it's like a buffer to get get you to max. I see. Yeah. So so really, what it is is um, you don't need to get all of them. There are just so damn many that I think players are kind of expected that you'll just kind of trip over enough to max out all of your. Um, Because the way I always play Zelda games. I always like getting all of the collectibles, so I took it upon myself of I was going to get all the collectibles. Um, so I I went out and was trying to get them all, and uh, part of it was, you know, just going around exploring, and then 
for some of them, I, there's the this really nice interactive map you can use online, which says, like, here's where they all are. So what I was doing was I, I'd, like, turn pretty much all of the markers off except for the Clorox seeds and kind of use it as a giant checklist for, oh, I found one here, here, and here, so I can tick that off. Um, I, it's weird. I have a conflicting feeling on the Korok seeds because I, I thought they were really fun to collect. Um, in Breath of the Wild 2, I don't know if I want them to bring the Korok seeds back. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like <laughs> you so spent much. more time than you probably needed to. So maybe you're... Yeah, so so here's the thing. Um, I fully, I, I fully acknowledge that there's supposed, there's like a, like double the amount you need because you're only supposed to, you only need like so many mm-hmm. and they're there as a buffer. Um, but even if you, even if I weren't doing that, it's kind of like at some point the Korok seeds kind of lose their value once you do have all of the inventory slots and the, the little dude's like, oh, you should go find more. Hmm. Um, so I don't know. It's a weird collectible. Uh, I, I, I just don't know if I would like to see it come back. I think they were cool. I want them to keep the little puzzles because I thought those were neat of just like, I'm, they reward you for going to explore like particular nooks and crannies. And I fully admit that I'm probably not playing the game, uh, you're doing you know, completionist like, style. Little... Like, you're going all in, it would seem. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's one part of the game. But overall, I have to say, I really like Breath of the Wild. Mm. Like, uh, I don't say this about many games. I don't think there's there was ever a time where I turned that game on and then didn't enjoy the time I had with it. Mm. Like, I really like Breath of the Wild. That um, is high praise. That there, is high praise. There, there are some things I hope they, they kind of look at or tweak. Um... But there's not much I think I'd change. Uh, Zach, to kind of your question, uh, I will say that last boss fight was kind of odd um, because I had gotten all the Divine Beasts and I didn't realize how much of that boss fight doing that actually skips the, yeah. skips you into it. Yeah, so, it skips a large portion of it. So, Drew, just so you know, in Breath of the Wild, you are tasked with you know taking down Calamity Ganon and you can actually go do that from like the, the, like the get-go. I've heard. You get off the Great Plateau and you can just walk in there and fight him. Mm. You're really under-equipped to do it, but you can do it. If you go get all the Divine Beasts, they, uh, they'll they help you by chunking off parts of his health. Um, and what ends up happening is if you get all four, you actually chunk him down to about half his health. Mm. Um, yeah. So it's a so way of making it... Piece... Actually, are you able to not... Like, you can collect the Divine Beast, but as a challenge to yourself, not use its power for, like, you know, No, they're, they're part of a story thing. Like, one... Once the fight starts, they automatically do it. Mm, um, I see. So it's interesting. It, it's really easy to get really, like, powered up in that game. And I actually think, like, doing all of the extra stuff, especially doing both the DLC campaigns, which I do want to talk about those briefly, um, kind of overpowers you a bit for the final boss. So it was a little underwhelming, but that's all, But the this is the equivalent of being level 99 in an RPG and walking into the final boss. <laughs> okay, so, well, I mean, yeah. you know... You- I- so, to my experience with Breath of the Wild, like, I, I'll put it to you this way. I did not complete my inventory. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I collected maybe 150 Korok seeds. Um, and I actually had some trouble with the Kleganon fight. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, like, a mechanic that I didn't understand. That I Is just, it like, the shield one? Yeah, it's the shield one. Okay, I do have to gripe about that real quick. Yeah. Um, gripe time. So... During the fight, he had Calamity again has this cannon, and it is he it is basically a part that he's ripped off of a guardian, and it's the laser cannon that the guardians use. You have been taught through the whole game that if you see this like kind of bluish glow on it, that you can shoot it with an arrow, and that'll stun it. That's how all of the guardians work, and the cannon has like a guardian eye on it. Yeah. Um. At some point, he'll put this bubble around him, and what you actually have to do is learn how to perfect block and reflect the beam. Mm. Uh, but the game is kind of telegraphing two different things. And I'll be honest, I, I had to go look that up because I was kind of on the adrenaline yeah. of, I got, I'm so close, fuck it. I just want to know how to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's the very last part of the fight, too. Like, um, it's this, like, you have to get, like, a perfect mechanic in. And you're just like, what? Like, you don't need to learn that mechanic in order to beat the Guardians. It's actually really mm-hmm. helpful, by the way. Once you learn how to perfect block... Um, you can basically kill every single guardian in the game automatically, hmm. uh, because they just yeah they die pretty quickly if you perfect block them. Because that is another legitimate way of dealing with it. It's just it's I don't think a lot of players are going to learn how to do it until they get to the final boss and they have to do it. Yeah, that that was my one gripe with the fight because it, like exact exact perfectly said it. It's it's requiring a mechanic that you've never really had to learn. You probably have figured it out at this point, but. 
nothing has ever required it, and suddenly this boss needs it. Um, that aside, dude, Calamity Ganon's design is fucking fantastic. Oh yeah, no, all of the uh, all the uh, art design in that game is amazing. Like yeah. I, I'm, it, it's phenomenal how how good that game is in so many different levels. But just just the uh, the art direction, fantastic. Mm. Uh, the there is a second phase to it, which um. I'll be honest, was kind of weird because it is it is essentially an extended cutscene where oh, you're right, kind of yeah. on this on rails bit. Um, thematically, it's really cool, and the scale of it is really cool. Uh, but gameplay wise, it's like it's once really again, simple. what a weird thing to to end it on. But hey, you know what? Hmm. Got to end it on that horseback archery. That's true. So uh, I, I, you know, why I think they did that? Hmm. Like, I'm pretty convinced that like the real boss fight was the part before that. And that what they're giving you right there is kind of the uh, like the mechanical cooldown to help you sort of transition out of the climax of the game. I think so. Uh, I think that's totally fair. Uh, I will say, at one point, my horse almost got stepped on by <laughs> by the boss. So I was like, if my horse dies right now, I'm going to be so mad. No, that horse is immortal. Um, but like I said, so I, the other thing I did is I did both the DLCs, and the DLCs are actually really cool. Uh, Zach, did you do either of them? No, I I bought the game before either of them came out. Like, I bought and played through the game before either DLC came out. So, DLC 1 is essentially a combat trial. You know, you go Mm. out and you go through the the Master Sword trial, and it's really neat because it takes away all of your gear and then asks you to pick up gear as you go down these trials. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's kind of like that the Eventide Island. I don't know if you did that shrine. Oh, yeah, 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 that one. It's a really cool... It's a really cool one because it kind of forces you to relearn everything as you're picking up gear. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the one I liked the like the better was the second DLC, the Champions Ballad, which adds like a whole like sub campaign. It's all about going out and learning and doing the trials that the other champions did to become champions, mm-hmm. and then you take on the fifth Divine Beast because there is a fifth one, and it's what? actually <laughs> yeah. So Zach, this is a slight spoiler. Uh. You know the great the great plateau you start on? Yeah. What do you think's underneath it? Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, I won't go too much into that just because it is a really cool one, but suffice to say you get a lot more shrines and the shrines are really neat because uh they kind of know you've beaten the game and there's some time, so they're actually quite a bit more in depth with some of the mechanics like you got to use more of your runes at the same time mm-hmm. and just the story bits really good i actually really like the story of that game mm-hmm. um, but yeah I, I i cannot wait for breath of the wild 2 i'm really excited to see oh, that man i live and, in i'm i'm living for it i'm i'm really ready for breath of the wild 2 and now i can finally look at my big art book that i got of the game <laughs> <laughs> without fear of getting spoiled on shit oh hmm. man That's why the world is opening up after i play it i know i'm really excited yeah hmm. I'm trying to keep it short because I really could go on about that game, but well, I'll pass you, to one of you guys. Well, like, really quickly, because, like, you two both seem to have played and mm-hmm. completed it. Like, Breath of the Wild 2 is going to be coming. Do you have, like, expectations or hopes for that? I know it's a big thing. Playable Zelda. Okay, fair enough. Playable Zelda would be would be really cool. Uh, I think it's because I, I especially want Playable Zelda, this Playable Zelda, because I, I found the Zelda they set up in, this, in Breath of the Wild is a really compelling one. Yeah. Mm. I have a suspicion that she will be. Um, I feel like she could be. Yeah. Like, I, the reason, like, uh, Adam's really right. Like, the Zelda in Breath of the Wild is probably one of the most compelling Zeldas of any of these games. Hmm. Like, people could talk about, like, Skyward Sword Zelda being compelling, mm-hmm. but, like, eh. Like I, 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 like, I haven't played the game, so I wouldn't know, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But, like, I, Skyward... this, this one is actually really compelling <clears throat> to me, at least. This one in, in Breath yeah. of the Wild. I, I think because this game does a good job, and it... There's actually a lot more emphasis on story in Breath of the Wild than I feel like there has been on a lot of other ones. Or at the very, what I mean to say is there's more like lore and backstory about characters. Like you, like, especially the Champion's Ballad one where you get to see, um, Zach, this, you mentioned my latest part. In the Champion's Ballad, each of them gets you a new memory of Zelda going to recruit the champion and they get a little interaction and you learn more about them. Oh, cool, Uh, cool, cool. So, yeah, I, I really do hope, uh, she's playable in that one or at the very least has even more of a presence in the second one uh do i have any expectations of breath of the wild 2 well now that you've beaten it and you've gotten all the korok seeds do you want more korok Uh, seeds or none at all no he said no in a matter of fact i I do have one thing so um there's a guy i follow online called matthew matosis i've brought him up before yeah he did a really good uh he did a really good critique of breath of the wild 
Um, and one thing he brought up that I kind of felt was a bit odd is that the game is really committed to freedom, but sometimes that kind of backfires where you can completely go around a cool story segment or story beat or problem because you can just like fucking climb over a mountain and something like that. So, yeah, that was always um, honestly, I really like that aspect of the game, though, like that if you oh, found yeah. some mechanical challenge insurmountable, you could always go around. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh. I, I think the only thing, and I kind of agree with them there, is that some of the some of the times where the game really shines is where it kind of forces you into these some segments, like when you find the dragon up on the mm. mountain or have to uh, oh, go right. up the river in the Zora area. I thought those were really neat. Um, so I I guess I'm hoping for more like sequences like that in the second one. I actually um, found I honestly I thought the the most shining examples of the game were like Eventide Island. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but yeah, I I do agree with you. Like some of the more narrow segments, especially like the the shrines, like especially the puzzle shrines, those were mm-hmm. really generally. Speaking, I thought those really were really neat. Um, yeah. If I had to say one thing, I hope they they kind of mm-hmm. go back and look at again is um, I, I'm trying to figure a good way to word it because it's really good game design sense um, to basically give your players all of the things they'll ever need at the very beginning. Like Breath of the Wild gives you all of the runes you'll need. So then it can present you with problems and it knows you have the tool to get around this or to solve it. You figure it out. And it's really good about that. Yeah. No problem is kind of amazing at it. Yeah. I I loved it. It was so good. Uh, But the problem is, is that it kind of stops being able to give you little goodies or there's there's not as much stuff you can really look for and stuff. Well, that's I think that's why they they implemented the weapon system that they did, the weapon degradation system. Mm-hmm. It kind of makes it that like even picking up kind of crappy stuff or sort of like janky stuff still feels pretty nice because you're like, oh, I need to pad out my weapon inventory. It's mm-hmm. less so important towards the end of the game, especially when you get all of the inventory slots. Yeah. But like especially towards the beginning, it feels pretty nice to just sort of like mm-hmm. to like have like to stock up your inventory and to have things to yeah and and i agree with that i just kind of feel like there is a sense in some zeldas that as you progress you're going to keep getting more little items or upgrades and stuff Mm -hmm. but i feel like and i feel like breath of the wild kind of gives you everything all at once and then kind of doesn't really know what to give you at a certain point besides here's some rupees and it's like oh okay that was just rupees or hey, here's a neat weapon um yeah i mean i kind of understand that you do get stuff from the divine V's. Mm-hmm. Again, those, like, of That's what I'm saying. Abilities. I don't think it's a bad thing because I think it's really good game design to let you have all of your options and explore from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I hope that maybe like, hey, here's some like little side upgrades for your abilities that now you can kind of play with. Or I could see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That'd be cool. Uh, but you know what, Drew? Most most of all, you know what I want to know <laughs> from Breath of the Wild Two? What would you like to know, Adam? Is that a fucking Devil Bringer on Link's arm? What? <laughs> Hold up, hold up, hold up. My interest has been piqued. Um, all right, here. all right, Drew. Here you go. In the Breath of the Wild 2 trailer, um, which is a... Re- Zach, have you seen the trailer? Yes. I was okay. there when they revealed it. Oh, that's right, because you and I were going nuts when it came out. Yeah. Oh, he's, Drew, he's got a blue glowing hands. <laughs> there's a part where there looks to be a dead corpse with a hand, like, holding it down. And in one frame of the trailer, and I can't believe people like went frame by frame and found this, Link's arm is glowing and it looks like a devil bringer. And I'm sitting there like, Nintendo, if you let me devil bringer like enemies in Breath of the Wild 2, it will be the perfect game. Okay. I, I'm seeing this me beautiful with- image and I'm kind of digging it. Right? Yeah. Okay. You know what? Um, let Link be. Oh, oh, there's like a little mock up where he's got white hair right here. Can you guys link this? I have. I can't find that. I will. Oh yeah, post it in the. I will the post chapter. this. Hold, listeners, you you don't have the visual feedback, but just know we're we're having lots of fun without you right now. And oh man, and that is okay. That um, just that just looks like Link. I mean, yes, Although that looks like that is the mock up, and here's the chaser. Yeah, bam. Oh, viewer, what we're looking at is that frame. From Breath of the Wild, where Link Link's hand is glowing, uh, and I really want to know what the fuck that is. Oh man, that is that is whack. That is that is some serious shit right there. He's gonna get very so, angsty uh, for a while. He's gonna have to find his father, and they're gonna have a big oh, fight. Oh no! It's gonna be it's gonna be very dramatic, and they're gonna implement a style system into an open world game, and I'm <gasps> gonna love it. And that's what I want. Is Breath of the Wild two just Devil May Cry five? <laughs> but we already oh, have five. God. Oh, they'll do that crossover oh, no. thing they always do. Oh no! Look, so many crossovers. All I'm saying is, if it does turn out to Devil Bringer, 
I want to be able to use it like the like the hook shot and grapple my way around, around things. Oh, you know that would be wild. It, that would be wild. I don't think that. Here's the thing: they've released this trailer, and there is absolutely no context for what the fuck is going on in yeah. this trailer. Uh, to the point where I don't even want to like kind of guess what what's going on. But like, I think I when that trailer came out around the time DMC Five came out, so I'm like, oh. is, that a, is that is that a Devil Bringer? Mm. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm mm. with you there. Oh, oh, baby, I'm getting the vapors. Um, well, yes, hopefully. That's, that's what I've been doing. I, I have some other stuff, but I'll pass it off to one of you guys. Mm. Uh, I can go. I can go. Um, let's see here. I, I have two two big video games that I've been playing. One one is new and one is old. Wait, can I can I guess? Take a guess, Zach. Is one of them Hades? Yes, it is. Um, okay. I really like Hades. It had a big old update. Uh, <laughs> the big old welcome to hell update. Which is how they're gearing up to leave the Epic Store and and leave all the dark money and go to Steam's dark money. <laughs> Whatever that <laughs> That's <means>. right. <laughs> leave sorry. one cesspool thinking, and go to the other cesspool. I'm just thinking about like, like ah, we're going to leave the dark realm. <laughs> yes, goodbye. Well, because like every time I bring up Hades, there's this like little dot 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 of like, oh, but it's on, it's on Epic. And I know that like, you maybe don't want to support those business practices, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm very excited for my friends to have no excuses not to play it. So I can... I'm, I'm waiting for the game to officially release. I, you know, it's basically there. Like they're going to keep adding stuff till the cows come home. Mm. Like even when it goes to Steam, it will be early access. But like, it's... No. It's very complete, Zach. Like I, I know it's disingenuous to call it but early I, access. That but I, I, I promised myself that I would like buy it when it came out. I because I played like a demo version and I liked it and I thought that's pretty fun. And then I just put it down and said I'll finish this when I, uh, mm. when it when it's done. I I respect your decision. I will say you are missing out on the fun meta game of what's the next update and all of the very cute messages they keep throwing in. Like, like I have to give it to Supergiant. They are making this like early access thing with them, like very, very interactive. Like they are, mm-hmm. they're having fun with it. It's not kind of a, we dropped something off. We're, we're going to talk to you in a year or something. They're, they're on it. Um, and Darren yeah, Corb is, is the greatest. As... I, I fucking yeah, love his music. Great. You know what's um, really funny is that uh, you so earlier this this weekend, just <laughs> oh, yeah. this weekend, Drew sends me a text and is like, "Darren Corb's amazing," and I'm like, "Yeah." Um, I I was playing Hades late at night and I was uh, listening to. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to listen to Darren Corb's music on random, and what was weird is like Pyre's soundtrack kept showing up, and like I oh, haven't yeah, played that one. I really want to pick that one up specifically because the soundtrack feels super strong so far. Like. It's amazing. Yeah. It's one of the, I, I, one of the better should, soundtracks. Yeah. I should probably play Pyre at some point. Actually, yeah. I mean, Drew, I'm I'm sorry. I still haven't beaten Transistor. I should go back and finish that oh, one. Like, you and everyone well, else. You and well, everyone that is else. Upsetting. Hey, I mean, I finished Transistor. I know, and good on you. Thank you, Zach. Because many many people I know for some reason play it and they're like, oh, this is super cool. And then they're like, oh, I, I just didn't it? get it's to like the end. It's like a three-hour game. <laughs> I know. I know, but I think. I think what happened was I was playing it and then something else came out and then I started playing that and then like I forgot what the hell was going on in Transistor. You know, I'm sure if I sat down for like a week, I could probably knock it out. Mm. Um, I mean, you could sit down like if you have like an empty afternoon, you could probably play for the entire. But it's not that. But here's the thing. I don't think it's that. Here's the thing, Zach and Drew. I finished it pretty quickly. Hmm? On Tuesday... Hades shows up, and boy, I've been jonesing to play that ever since Drew let me play that for like an hour at his house. So I'm like, yeah, ooh, baby, mm. oh, just, uh, Tuesday needs to get here real quick. I'm oh, really excited to play that. For some context, yeah. the the latest update is the Welcome to Hell update, and it has uh, it has lots of very nice uh, quality of life changes. It it's added a lot of like story content that's like kind of like like weaved in between uh, like different characters. They have um, mm-hmm. they've added some new stuff with Sisyphus, and he's like one of my faves from the game because he. For context, listener, the reason Sisyphus uh, is so ballin' is because he's stuck in Tartarus, and you run into him, but he has a really positive outlook on life, and it's because he has this giant friend, the Boulder, to talk to and just like be his therapist. Mm. <laughs> and it's oh my god 
I just I just realized yeah he's talking to the boulder because he's always pushing it up uh-huh. yes and yeah. and the updated art uh, has a little smiley face on the boulder and the most important oh. update <laughs> you can now you can now talk to the boulder for a brief moment and just you know you know get your feelings out with with the boulder and you know it's just a good update it's just a good update Adam they, there's <laughs> other a, stuff that's a good update. <laughs> There's like mini quests and and new balancings and, and and great content, but but you can talk to the boulder. You can just say hi. Just quick say, question. Quick question. What about, about the boulder? What about the boulder, man? Does it talk back? You'll have to play the game to find out, Zach. <laughs> I oh, really hope it does. look I, at that! You know what? I really hope it doesn't. I hope. I, I who's the main character? What's the main character's name? Zagreus. Zagreus, I thought it was Zagreus. I really hope Zagreus goes on this whole thing, and it's like multiple pages of text, and then the boulder just shows up, and it's like just silence, and it's like, "Thanks, boulder. You really, really understand me." I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Social let link you... with boulder has increased. You know, like There's it's some hope. it's funny you bring up social links because they're they're totally in this game. Like you, you, I know you up your friendship I, with I, characters I, by giving them nectar, and they added this new mechanic with ambrosia. I still haven't gotten a chance to like make it work yet, so I'm kind of curious mm-hmm. what happens with it um oh, yeah because i remember it was like you find ambrosia going through the dungeons mm-hmm. and then you give it to people and that'll increase their bond uh but then there was like some new bond level that they added with the new update yeah what they did is like what you thought of as ambrosia is now just nectar and ambrosia is a much rarer item that will do something new oh okay. yes so i'm still like exploring the stuff because it's you know it's um it's, uh, for those who haven't been listening, it's, um, you know, it's a roguelike. It's got randomly generated rooms and such. Um, one thing they did add that I'm very happy about is they have these underworld renovations that you can now contribute to. And you can, like, actually mm-hmm. update your your sweet lounging area with, like, cleaner tables and stuff. And it's just <laughs> a lot of fun. Like, they're bringing, in, uh, they're bringing in mechanics from Bastion. So, like, the house is now kind just, of your oh, Bastion. Oh, man, they're slipping in Bastion. <laughs> yeah, they're, like... That this is what I love about Supergiant is like they they genuinely iterate and build upon their formula and their games, but they don't like just forget them. Like they're they're definitely bringing in elements from everything, and I think that's why they've been so consistently good because they're just like <laughs> doing what they did, but with you new need, ideas and a little bit better and just a little bit need, better. You need to go play Pyre I, because Pyre is <clears throat> like Pyre takes the sort of Bastion <clears throat> style, kind of takes the Bastion style formula. Yeah. With a whole new, like, mechanical set. Like, it's just such an interesting game by comparison. Let me just mm. gush about Pyre for a bit. Convince me to buy the game I already want to buy, Zach. Change my mind! Like, Pyre is, Pyre is a really good... Cha- uh, change your mind to where it already was. Uh, so, Pyre is this, like... It's basically like a sports game, but... Because, like, it's basically 3v3 basketball. That's Pyre in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. And you're playing as... Mm. Like a sports team, essentially. But it's a very, like, it's like a magical, holy sports team. Hmm. You'll understand that better when you play it. Well, but, uh, cause, like, the but story a lot of the game is... is about the sort of, like, interactions between the players. Uh, inter- sorry, interactions between your team members. Interactions between you and your team members. Like, it's, it weirdly enough kind of goes over the idea of, like, like, a sort of coach to to player relationship and a sort of player to player relationship in sports. Huh. Um, and it also is a lot, a lot about the, uh, the sort of like team dynamic of team sports. Interesting. And Good. like, I don't know. It just kind of goes over all that. All of the characters are like, as always, every single character is compelling. Mm-hmm. It's and super giant. They, all have interesting they, they know how to write. They know how to write yeah. words. Like, like all the characters are really compelling. They're all really interesting. They all have, uh, have their, like, fun sort of, like, not necessarily fun, but, like, they all have kind of interesting backstories. Some of them are stronger than others, but, like, they all are compelling on their own, and they all have something mm. to contribute to the conversation that you're you're having, and, yeah, and, like, and, like, the background, like, I think Pyre of all of their games, I think Transistor is probably the other one that would match it. Like, I think Pyre and Transistor probably have the best lore of mm. any of their Supergiant games. Mm. Hmm. like because like like uh bastion is a little bit light on lore which is kind of purposeful um 
but they've got a lot going on with that. Yeah, well, and the then, whole point of Bastion was, like, you like couldn't world, remember what happened before it. Exactly, like, it's like the whole world fell apart. But then, like, uh, and then uh, Hades is very much steeped in Greek legend, so it's already borrowing from a source from that. I would but say like, they've, done, history... they've done their homework, at least. I don't want, I don't want to shortchange them. Yeah. They, they have done their homework. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I don't doubt it. Like, I 100% believe that they have done have done their research and they've, and they've done it like i don't again like i, I, I think zach's saying them. like pyre and transistor are, are more their original lore stuff like that like the greek mythology stuff you know again they've done their homework for it but it's like that's kind of built up on years and years and years of i yeah, I, I, I get that, I get build, that. they're building on top of something so that's why they have a whole lot there and so I, on i'm top just of defending hades i'm just making sure hades is not okay. outshined by all of the very shiny things that oh, super no. giant has I made in like a raw lore sense, mm-hmm. Hades probably will end up being the best, if only because they're building on top of like a lore. Mm-hmm. Um, but but uh, but their their like original content is also very very good, and so I just wanted to praise Pyre for being one of the better lore games. Where like and and the probably the more important part is that like the lore as always in all of their games is very directly tied back in with the characters it doesn't feel very separate it feels like they're all very connected mm-hmm. um but yeah anyways so that's that's so just that... me guessing about pyre for a bit so also true. Is, wait also the music is amazing yes i can agree with you 100 so percent. yes Adam. now this game you were already going to buy you have now been convinced to go buy <laughs> again thank goodness yep. as soon as i beat beat bastion or not bastion beat, uh, beat hades again hades. <laughs> with this new pact of punishment that is just pissing me off to no end then i can get pyre and then i can beat pyre and then i can continue to beat the other game that i'm trying to beat right now but it's very long and it's very fun well, but it's very right. long adam mm-hmm. you, it, which, which it? game is that bro is is that is that their that their kojama the uh, the death stranding with, oh the death stranding the death stranding with the babies so, and the robots and the ghosts and the hiking. I'll be, I'll be here for a while with you guys talking about this. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll keep it kind of. So, well, we'll talk about it, but we could probably go on about it. Uh, I'll be. Brief I actually haven't played like, as much Death Stranding mm-hmm. as I thought I would. Mm. Um, I, I I think I'm about to leave Chapter Two. Uh, uh, I was playing it. I uh, well here I'll let you give your impressions of it at the moment. That's just where I'm at. Okay. So you so you know kind of what to go over. I get you. Um. So, so I'm about to get on the boat. So I will not spoil anything. I will say chapter three opens up a lot. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm really excited for you to get to chapter three because while two is two is nice, two got me through to chapter three. Like there is a notable difference in kind of the general feel and flow and dynamic, and you just get a whole lot of new really you 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 chapter three is where they give you a lot of new things to play with and i see i i think you will be pleasantly surprised by what you get in there um my general impressions are it is the most kojima game i've ever played in my life it is (laughs) yeah it is like you know depending on who you are that's praise or damnation but like it is it is kojima through and through um it is weird it 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 basically I really like it. I really like how much it commits to its theme of reconnection. Mm-hmm. I I really enjoy the fact that it goes so hard in no, like hiking is hard, you know, going over the terrain is hard. The actual map is the puzzle itself. And can I interject you oh, yeah, yeah. real quick, Drew? Go for it. Um it was some fucking whiplash going from Breath of the Wild to Death Stranding. Really? Let me tell you right now. Cuz like where Link will just be like Oh, is that a fucking, like, completely, uh, complete incline? Yeah, whatever. And then Sam's like, hey, is that a slightly damp incline? Guess I'll die. I actually really love that element of it. Like, there's something very fun about just trying to get from point A to point B. And, you know, you go down a dumb rock hill and it's just like, ah, fuck, fuck. Like, like, I'll feel Mm -hmm. bad for Sam. Like, I think I've talked to you a little bit about this. Like, the sound design of, like, all the crap that he's carrying on his back is so good. Like, it actively makes me feel bad for him and makes me like, oh, man, you, you take a nap. You take a sit down. You poor, you poor old man, you. Like, mm. I just, I don't know. Like, I know it has kind of a reputation right now. Uh, I know it's, you know, not as action orientated as Metal Gear and all that. But for what it's worth, I am having a very interesting time with it. I find it to be just very... there. It, it, it gets very pensive about a lot of different topics, and I really appreciate that. And mm-hmm. as the guy oh. who plays walking simulators and enjoys them, 
Um, this is a AAA, very highly detailed walking <laughs> simulator that I've wanted for years. So yeah, I'm happy. Uh, I'll, I'll, throw, I'll throw my two cents in there. So like I said, I'm pretty early into the game. Um, I am shocked how much I like this game. Mm. Like I really am. I, I remember watching the trailers and thinking, you know, the, the mystique and mystery of kind of what I'm looking at is really compelling. So I want to play it to just even know what the hell's going on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even just the moment-to-moment moment gameplay, yeah. I enjoy so much more than I thought I would. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the one thing that actually prevents me from playing it, and this is a really weird thing I've had, is that that game can be really intense oh, yeah. at times. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point where I'll I'll sit down to play a game, and I'll think, oh, I should play more Death Stranding. And the thought of doing like having to deal with some of the shit he deals with is like, you know, I don't need that right now. <laughs> Go do something else. It's it's very it's demanding. Thought of, it's very demanding of you. Do I, it's like, do I want to deal with BTs right now? Oof. BTs no, are... not right now. I'm... Because it, it's always after work and I'm ha- kind of tired. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, that is one thing I, I noticed about that game. That game does kind of demand a level of focus on it. Mm-hmm. And I, but I think that's kind of why when I play it, I feel so engrossed in it. And I, I really like that game. Yeah. I, uh, I'm having the same phenomena where... Like, during the week, like, where my time is a little bit more limited, like, I'll play something else, like Hades, or, I don't know, like, a, maybe Binding of Isaac or something. And then, like, during the yeah. weekend, when I can, like, dedicate, you know, a more, like, thorough hour or so to, you know, the game, and I know I'm gonna have, like, a dedicated session to it, that's when I can dive in and, like, I can... Again, like nothing too significant needs to happen for me to feel like, yeah, that was like meaningful for me in like some way or another. Just because mm-hmm. like, like you said, that moment to moment, the God, I, I, uh, there was this one uh, thing that I was trying to build uh, and I just like, I got so caught up in wanting to build it and like upgrade it and like get it to where it wanted to be. And like, it wasn't a narratively important thing. And like, I could find new routes that wouldn't require me to build this thing, but like, it was just so satisfying. It became like this like little like mission that I gave myself. And I haven't really mm-hmm. had that sensation in a long time. It it kind of reminds me of not grinding in an RPG, but like that kind of like steady you're building towards something. And it just feels very satisfying when you mm-hmm. actually get it done. I don't know. It just, it it does a lot of things that feel outwardly like, why did you do this? But in the moment to moment, it's like, okay, no, this is actually a really cool thing that is a part of the overall gameplay package. And I'm happy it's yeah. here. Um, like even the, like the weird pee mechanic is like, I see some mushrooms. We are Legion. I don't know. It just, it just works yeah, out. It, that's one of the weird things where it's like, I need to take a leak. And it's like, what does that do? And like, nothing really, but look, there's a giant patch of mushrooms where everybody else went. Did you learn the trick, <laughs> the trick to the, to that mechanic yet? Like the, the thing you can do with it um no okay then i won't say anything else okay Uh oh (laughs) (laughs) what i have you know what you just said that and i think i might know what i could do wait um huh are you saying that there's an extra mechanic to the p mechanic there's there's not an extra mechanic to it but it's it has a hidden use that if you're paying attention to what's going on with uh, Sam's the use of Sam's bodily fluids, it it can be very. Oh, beneficial. I knew it! Oh my god, that's a thing that happens. <laughs> like it's it's incredibly difficult to pull off, but you can absolutely do it. Um, oh should we should god. I keep being vague or can I just say it? Like you can just say it. I think I know what it is. <laughs> you can pee on BTS and they will be pissed off. And <laughs> I fucking knew it. I, as soon as you said like the hidden use, I'm what? like, I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> what other use could there be except? Oh my god, the ex grenades, and you could, and why even use the grenade? You could just be. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Well, in any case, uh, hiking so pee simulator should... ten out of ten. That's my. <laughs> Uh, before take. we move on to Zach and what he's been playing recently, I gotta ask you a question. Mm-hmm. How much monster have you had? Oh, oh! I... In real life, <laughs> has the game made you think? You know what? I could go get a monster right okay. now. Okay, I have had games that have ma- like made me change my dar- my dietary habits. Like I ate a lot more uh-huh. sandwiches after I started playing TF2. I personally just do not dig i do not vibe on energy drinks as a whole so i have not purchased any any monster but in game there are no consequences other than you know oh no your stamina what have you so if i'm chilling in that room put on that hat 
put on those weird sunglasses, chew down some maggots, and, and have myself a good old monster, and, and my boy Sam's happy. <laughs> mm. What the fuck? Zach, yeah, what have you been playing? You know what? No, Zach, that's the exact feeling Death Stranding leaves you have. What the fuck? <laughs> Zach, tell us what kind of games you've been playing I recently. I mean, to be honest, like, every single trailer for Death Stranding was also a what the fuck. But, mm-hmm. uh, hi there. I've played a couple of games. Um, I played through the intro, basically, of Code Vein. Woo! And mm-hmm. I've been Edge Souls, the that. game. Uh, what? Edge Souls. Edge Souls, yes. Um, it's like anime edgy teen fucking Dark Souls. And uh, I also made a buttload of characters. I think I made like seven. Mm-hmm. Um, I made like seven characters for the game. And I was like, I need to play. Like, I figure like at a certain point, like I have to play one of these. Um, and yeah, and I have, I have a few things. I have quite a few things to say about the character creator. And then I have a bit to say about the mechanic. So I guess I'll go okay. to the mechanics first and then we'll go to the, the character creation process. So the mechanics of code vein i find it to be slightly less um precise than dark souls mm-hmm. like it, it feels less precise than a dark souls game uh, yeah it, it is going for a very souls like yeah uh, it is it's aiming really close to a souls like game uh i use a bayonet so i shoot a lot but mm-hmm. like it feels kind of soulsy but it feels like it feels less precise than a souls game just by a very small amount and then it feels like it's a, in, in to compensate for that, I feel like it's like a little bit more lenient with you in terms of the mechanic. Like there were a few times where I'm like, that enemy hit me, but I didn't take damage. Yeah, I remember watching some early gameplay of it. And this is actually one of those interesting things of, I remember watching early gameplay of it and it was like really slow, like way slower than, than it is right now. Like yeah. the version you're playing is after many, uh, this is actually almost like after a year long delay in its oh. initial release. Oof. Um, where they retooled a lot of the mechanics to kind of speed it up and balance it out. And I think it overall, it, it came out much better than it was in the beta. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was interesting, you know, kind of still seeing it being like, uh, this is Souls-like, but like heavier. I don't I don't know if, how I'd word it. It like... Yeah, it definitely feels heavier. I'll give you that. Like even yeah. the light weapons, like when you compare the light weapons in a Dark Souls game to the light weapons in, in Code Vein, they feel like a little bit slower. Um, I think it makes the game a little bit more wieldy. Like, it's a little bit easier to sort of, like, wrap your head around it, but it also makes it so that the heavy weapons are slow as fuck. Um, yeah. Like, yeah, I just don't want to use a slow weapon. I use the bayonet, and that's fine for me because it is fast and I can use it a lot. It's fast uh, and furious. They're also they're also pretty nice about the do- the, uh, the dodge rolls. Um, oh, okay. Like, are they Dark Souls dodge rolls or Bloodborne-like so, slips? Um, so there's two tiers. There's There's slow rolls and fast rolls. So slow rolls feel a little bit like a Dark Souls roll. Mm-hmm. Um, and then fast rolls are not even really a roll. It's a literal dash with like a magical effect behind you. Oh, okay. So so it is like a Bloodborne dash. Yeah, more. it's like a dash from Bloodborne. But it goes way, like their fast roll is way long distance. <laughs> like you, you cover a serious amount of distance with their fast roll. Interesting. Like I, I literally use it as a method of, because of, you can't sprint in the game. Oh really? Which is bothers it, me a little bit. Is it bit? like a really fast run then? Like, is it just like a default good speed? Or? Yeah, your default runs decently fast, but like, I I just dodge forward. I I basically just dash forward and burn all my stamina doing that instead of like just holding the button and sprinting because you can't. So yeah, that's something that's there, and that's it's a bit of a weird bit about the mechanics. Um, I find the characters kind of interesting. Uh, I I don't know how invested I am in the characters just yet, but one mm-hmm. thing that's become incredibly clear to me is that uh every named female npc is just is gonna be scantily clad and i have to deal with it like we vampires now bro mm, it's all about scantily clad no the the guys aren't scantily clad at all mm-hmm. like none of the In guys fact, are they're, they're wearing more clothes than usual <laughs> yeah and this is kind of like helps me to transition into uh the character creator yeah they get into the character creator because it that is true with the character creator as well like the male character like the basically each of the character models gets sort of like mirrored um uh clothing sets essentially Mm -hmm. but all of the female versions have less clothes than all the male versions it's a little weird Hmm. i'm like okay thank thanks it's it's one of those like thanks japan kind of moments Hmm. it's yeah it's like like but uh that's like, kind of hard because I can. De- it's like that game seems very aimed at a particular audience, and that audience usually likes that kind of stuff. And it's like, yeah, well, I know, that's kind of a 
I don't know. Like I, I get what you're saying because I've I've had that a couple times with some character creators. Like, like, well, I want to put just this like, on this girl. Like you can't. Like, fuck you. Like like uh, I, I wanted to make a like I I'm playing like a female character, right? Uh huh. And I'm like, there's like two options if you don't want to be scantily clad. If you don't mm-hmm. if you don't want to like have like a massive boob window or something. Uh, now mind you, like all of the characters are designed to look like sexy to some degree or another. Like, if you look at all the character models, they're all designed to look appealing. Mm. Um, we vampires, after all. We vampires, after <laughs> all, yeah. Like, you can make... And you can make a really ugly character with, like, the face and stuff. But, like... Yeah. Like, well, I don't even know how much you... How, how ugly you could make... How you, how ugly you could make the faces. But, uh, like, you're gonna be pretty anime, whatever. Uh, but it's just I noticed something like that. Uh, otherwise, I found the, the character creation system to be really... Really kind of, like, expansive in a different way than you would expect. Like, the clothing options feel kind of limited. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, the clothing options feel a little bit limited, but, like, what you can do with those clothing options is really, really varied. Um, and, like, the color choices are fucking insane. Uh, your face is going to be anime pretty face, but there's a decent amount of variation as long as you know you're going to be sticking to that. Yeah. And the uh, and the accessory system is really, really cool. It really helps to make a character that stands out. That's kind of cool. Um, yeah, I, I remember our... Uh... Our friend Ian was playing it for a while, and he was saying, yeah, the, the character creator is that is oddly expansive, uh, kind of the way you said it. It's oddly expansive in some ways. Like, it's like, you can like in do some like, ways it feels really restricted. Yeah. yeah. So, like, in some ways it feels super restricted, and in other ways it feels really, really expansive. It's very odd. Yeah. Uh, um, other than that, I uh, I, I have also played, I think I'm done mm-hmm. with, with Code Vein. Like, I haven't played mm-hmm. enough of it yet. I gotta play some more of it. But, mm-hmm. uh, I I have also been playing the Fire Emblem. And can I can I tell you? All I've, right, Fire Emblem Watch. Finally. How far is Zach? Finally beat the Black Eagle playthrough. Good job. So I is did this it. I've completed two, two or three. This is playthrough two. Okay. Um, and then I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be waiting for the next big DLC before I play the third playthrough. Mm-hmm. So I get to put down Fire Emblem for a bit and maybe go finish <laughs> like FF14. So you've done. The Golden Deer, Black Eagle, now you're doing Blue Lions last? Yeah, I'm going to be doing Blue Lions, and then there's a fourth route. Oh my god, what? Yeah, there's a there's a fourth route. Oh, oh okay, I know about the fourth route now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is it like a uh, It's kind of a spoiler one? than it is. Okay, okay, it's a secret one. Okay. It's basically, yeah. one, it's, it's more like, okay, so during one of the routes, you will be given a choice, like, partway through the route, and depending on what you choose, you will uh, end up on different routes. Mm-hmm. so it's one but yeah uh i forgot what i was gonna say uh you go down one of the routes and it turns out this is just leads into fire emblem fates you're playing corin again oh no <laughs> man speaking of by the way speaking of i need to like buy a lucina amiibo so i can connect it into my i can get it into the gazebo for like dude next good year. fucking luck those things I, are pretty rare i need a lucina I, well they were you know what? i take it back they, there was a point in time where all amiibo crazy rare yeah uh, that's not as much anymore since the demand has kind of died down a bit there are some that are still rare i think lucine is not as rare as she used she's to not be. as bad I-, I looked it up the thing is is that like i looked it up and i was going to buy a lucina amiibo because it was like 25 bucks and i was like mm-hmm. all right cool i'll take this because i you already get it but I-, I saw it was associated with super smash brothers and not fire emblem so i wasn't sure if it was going to work mm, but... i don't think lucina has a non-smash bros amiibo i don't think yeah. she got one that was yeah yeah uh... but i know but i know uh that that is true but i know uh that you can buy that amiibo and it works for fire emblem mm. yeah yeah yeah, that, yeah that'll yeah. work um yeah that, that was the other thing that was the main thing i was worried about i was worried that I, like i'd buy this amiibo and it wouldn't do anything and i love lucina she's one of my smash mains but like i wouldn't buy an amiibo just to have like an amiibo of lucina <laughs> i have a couple amiibo around they're, they're pretty fun i've only ever yeah. heard of them being useful for smash is the thing like that's that's typically yeah. the, been when they've been of relevance and it looks like it looks like they're anywhere between you 20 to 40 dollars ami- a pop so uh... the amiibo are such a weird idea because they're essentially like here's a little collectible that what if it unlocked dlc um and it's one of those things that's like depending on which all right, so depending on which amiibo you get, if it's like a particular character, it depends on the character, and then it depends on what series it's from, because like some characters will have like a, like, let's take Link, for example. Link has a Smash Bros. series amiibo and a Legend of Zelda series amiibo, and like they'll do different things and unlock different stuff. It's kind of weird, and then there's some characters that get more support than others, but I think they all 
collectively will do at least something in most games mm, yeah like even the people that just aren't associated tend to do like a generic thing yeah okay so it's like it's nice to have an amiibo i think hmm. i'll be honest i have mostly gotten the amiibos as just a way of hey look i got a little figure like yeah. i have a little yarn yoshi i have uh i have a samus one that that drew got me yeah i have a yeah. i, I have mean, a two shovel knight amiibos oh boy one I bought and it's still in the box, and then my cousin didn't know I had one, and so at a swap meet, picked up, said, "Here, Adam, have this shovel knight amiibo." I'm like, now I have two, one oh, in the box ooh. and one out. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. They do seem um, like well made. Like the designs are all very, they're very solid. Like they're they're not like some cheap little thing. I just, yeah, you know. Yeah. Side tangent, uh, and sorry, Zach, uh, we'll pass it back to you. Regular. The amiibo are as like a collectible figure thing actually really fun I, I i like them as just little figures i think they're really cool I, and i think that's the part maybe i was missing on because like i always just saw them as a means to get dlc and it always seemed like oh is it like a like a costume or something very small like that seemed a little strange to me but like yeah, they're primarily nah. collectibles now mind you if they had an amiibo for that villager that looks absolutely fucking stoned oh my god zach would be over it in a minute i'd be over it in a minute sorry for anybody for the crowd here who doesn't know, which you guys both know about my Smash app, but but like there's there is a villager that you can select in Super Smash Brothers. It's he's the one with the blue shirts, the boy with the blue shirt, mm-hmm. and he looks fucking stoned. He looks stoned out of his mind. He's got like the half opened eyes. Yeah, and he looks lazy and tired. Yeah, exactly. And so, uh, in Smash, that very specific villager is my main, and I have a very specific strategy that everyone has learned about. <laughs> And, and we just... shut that shit down instantly. Wait, did, no more of this. Does it act differently just... than like any other villager? I thought they all just like it was just no. no they all act no. the same. It's more how I use it because he's he's like the sort of lazy looking villager or the sort of sleepy villager. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think of him as the stoned villager. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all I do is I run to the edge of the map and I just fire fire hydrants. I just keep launching fire hydrants out. He's sitting there in the middle of group smashes, just picking people off, throwing trees at them. Oh, right. And then there's the trees. Yeah. So basically, if I notice anybody's going to come near me, I plant a tree down. And like half the time, it will like sprout up or I'll chop it down at the right timing. And someone just gets knocked out because of it. And I'm just like, I had a good villager match. <laughs> but but back to, did you have any more to say about Fire Emblem? Or... Um, yeah. I, so in terms of the, like the Black Eagle playthrough, I guess my like small review on it would be like, I like the characters in the playthrough, mm-hmm. but the story itself, and I feel like some of these elements came through at the Golden Deer playthrough too. Like playing through each of the playthroughs, I feel like it's meant to be like a tragic element to it, and it really sucks because like you're playing through it and you're just like, oh, but only if you knew a little bit more. Like yeah. only if you had a clearer idea, only if everybody had a clearer idea of what was going on, I think we would get to a solution a lot faster. Uh... Or like they don't make it clear enough that it's like, people know what they're doing and they're still opposed to each other. Hmm. Cause like in a lot of ways, like Claude and uh, Edelgard, who are the two house leaders that I played with, like their goals aren't really exclusive to each other's. Mm-hmm. And like, if they would just talk, they could probably come to some. Yeah. Like I just kind of they had come to some kind of agreement or some kind of accord. And like, it like it, re- it felt really bad in the golden deer playthrough where everyone else just seemed like an unreasonable, crazy person. Mm-hmm uh but like in the in the black eagle playthrough it it felt like that's weird like it really seems like like you could have dealt with this very differently edelgard like everyone seems to be obsessed with the idea that you have to militarily conquer everybody else mm-hmm. and it just Can like you, Zach, uh, it gets a bad two vibe quick question, two quick questions on this one uh you, you talked about it being like a tragedy i know when i watch like a tragedy or something like that, there's always that kind of frustration of like for the love of god just talk we would solve like four out of five problems right now yeah there's that, that's the kind of feeling yeah that that kind of feeling comes up a lot um uh, but then i also noticed like like towards the end of the game i was like yeah we got we gotta we gotta play the murder ball here but mm. i also had this like lingering like I had this lingering feeling of like like eh, it feels like you didn't deal with the main problem here so that kind of leads to my second question um you talked about how like hey you know these characters have ideals or a goal that aren't mutually exclusive. Does it still feel in character that they don't go out of their way to try to like coordinate? I guess what I'm saying is I've watched a couple shows where they kind of go for this, this tragic thing of like, Oh, if you only knew just a little bit more, this would be okay. And then you're kind of, as the viewer, you're kind of watching like, 
You know, in hindsight, it's really dumb this character didn't know that thing, or it feels out of it, character that they didn't do X, Y, or Z. Nothing feels it, super out of character. I mean, your so character feels... can feel out of character sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but, like, it's it's mostly like, if, if, if anyone in this game tried an approach other than murder, you might come to a solution that worked. Mm. Like, okay. That's that's the problem I have with the game, and I know it's a Fire Emblem game. You have to fight each other, right? Like that's that's core, that's endemic to the game itself. But like, there's a yeah. lot of situations where like Claude doesn't get to be a trickster because you have to have a fight. And there's a lot of occasions oh, where like Edelgard seems like a war maniac because you had to have a fight. Yeah, I, I, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Where it seems like you know, hey, this character's supposed to be a diplomat. And like, okay, well, why doesn't she like talk her way out of this? Or this guy's a trickster. And like, okay, well, why didn't he? trick his way out of this like yeah use like subterfuge or deceit to kind of get around this thing you get yeah, a that's little bit of it but it, like because you have to have a combat i feel like it hampers the game hmm. that's really interesting I, I i wouldn't have thought that would have been a problem for that one but uh yeah no well it's because like if you have a character that's actually interesting then mm-hmm. uh you know it's gonna lead yeah. to you sometimes not always doing the same thing, the same answer to every to every question. Gotcha. And that was a slight bit. Of, I I don't know the the Blue Lion playthrough, but like Dimitri is a isn't is a uh, very fighty boy. Mm. So a little bit of shade being thrown on a character I haven't. Dimitri, played what do you think we should do? We should kill them. Like Dimitri, this is a dance recital. <laughs> I mean, you say that, but like in the second half, you ain't wrong. <laughs> Do you feel like you're going to like that particular run? Like, do, how do you think it's going to compare? I feel like I feel like making fun of angry, angsty, angry boy mm-hmm. is going to be actually a little amusing for me. Like, I've been told that um, that the Blue Lion playthrough is the most thematically cohesive or the most thematically coherent of Ooh, all the interesting. playthroughs. Yeah. You know what? You'll have to tell me and maybe you'll have to tell me when you finish that third playthrough if it seems like one of them, one of these routes had more like thought or effort put into it and that the other and that some of them felt like splintered off yeah i mean the black eagle one i I know for a fact like the the structure of the black eagle one is very different from the structure of of blue lions and golden deer i think those all three have different structures um but then the third route like basically just copies one of the routes you've already played Hmm. which is kind of like wamp wamp yeah well boys We've been talking for about an hour and ten. Did we want to do anything else? Um, Zach, did we have any uh, any responses to your Discord Discord polling? Oh yeah, let's see if we have any questions. I do not see any. God damn it! All oh, right, sorry. Well, okay. You guys posted that villager in the Discord. Yeah, nobody responded to it. Um. Oh, one thing I want to bring up. Did you guys know that Halo is on Steam now? Yeah. Yeah, I was seeing a lot about that. Actually, it it got me thinking a lot about the series just because I. <clears throat> Reach is a really interesting one, and I quite liked ODST. And because Reach is Reach is the one that's on PC now, right? That's that's the big shtick. It's uh, it got released, or are you talking about something else? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, well, I think the Master Chief Collection is on there, and Reach just got added. Yeah, that was it. Like it was so added like... as DLC or something. I I believe. Um, I don't know. Part of me wants to check it out and just see how it runs on a on a PC and not an Xbox. Other part of me mm-hmm. is like. Eh, i don't know i don't know i mm. it yeah. it actually got me thinking about halo 4 more than it got me thinking about halo reach just because like there's a pretty distinct difference between that the original bungee version and the 343 version mm-hmm. I don't know. okay well the the list of questions i thought i would find is eluding me i'll have to think of yeah think of I, them. we can maybe use them as like it's all good intro bits. you know what you know what Next episode. Next episode. Next episode. All right. Well, Mm -hmm. in that case, perhaps it's time to uh, to close up for the day and uh, just thank the listeners for existing. And now it's time for a lesson of the day with your boy, Zach Metternach. Hey there. It's time now for the lesson of the day. Today's lesson. If you're going to run a role-playing game, Make sure you come to session prepared with a functional character sheet. That's the lesson of the day. Thanks, everybody. Drew, if if our audience members have questions, where can they send these questions? Oh, well, Adam, our listeners, if they truly, truly love us, can always reach us on Facebook, on Twitter, or 
at teamnitwick at gmail.com. And you can see that as team, uh, N-I-T-W-I-C at gmail.com. And, uh, you know, just... Should, you know, like, let us, let us know things. Let us, uh, tell us how you're doing. Tell us how, how the weather is on your part of town. Just, you know, just whatever, mm. whatever's going on. We're here for you. And we'll be here for you next week or next time when we talk about something. And it's going to be a surprise about then. something. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to do that. answer questions. Yeah. Maybe, maybe yeah. there's people that care about us enough to ask questions. Yeah. Yeah. Be ready for that. And until then, yeah. have a great day, night, or whatever the hell it is for you. And we'll be talking to you soon. Bye. 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 Bye.